0: Come on, everybody. Come on, you give God a shout this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, lift your voice. Man, we're so excited you're here today. My name is Pastor Jeremy, and uh, along with my wife, man, we have the honor of pastoring probably the greatest looking church in the valley. Come on, somebody. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, You're welcome. You're welcome. And turn to your other neighbor and say, You too, I guess. I mean, second choice, right? And so, man, we're so glad you guys are here this morning. Also, if you are brand new with us, man, we want to say welcome by clapping. Man, thank you so much for being here today. Man, we hope you uh, love our service today. And uh, Mike goodness, why you got to hit the button, Zach? Why you got to do it? I'm messing. Give it up for Zach and Kevin, our production team, our worship team. And, uh, man, we are uh, thrilled what God is doing. Just real quick things as we dive in. Water baptism is taking place in two weeks. Come on, give it up. Water baptism. It's taking place in two weeks. So if you've never been water baptized, or maybe it occurred when you were like, What's going on? or maybe it would be significant for your faith on the journey that you're in, why don't you go ahead and sign up for water baptism April 25th? That's going to be next Sunday. Turn to your neighbor and say, Have you ever been water baptized? Remember what about that? And if you notice, I'm trying to get you guys talking today. Come on, somebody. And you might be like, is this guy uh, charismatic? No, I'm deaf. I just can't hear. And so I need some help today. So we have water baptism. And then the week after that, we got Come Back Sunday! Come on! Come back Sunday, and this is going to be a great day where we're going to have food here. We're going to have some fun in the lobby as well as outside in our courtyard experience. And come, See, I'm telling you, great looking church right there. Hey, babe, what's up? And so, uh, ma'am, Come Back Sunday is taking place in just two weeks. Now, I got some really great news, and I want you to get super excited, all right? This isn't like, okay... You know, like, there's another event, right? I want you to get crazy excited because we have a new little Avenuer, a little A-teamer, and uh, we have a new staff baby as well, Lorenzo, and uh, 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 right here, right here. Who's touching my clicker? Who's touching the stuff back there? All right, we got one more, and Lorenzo's not here today. And so here's Lorenzo, the leader. They had a little baby girl. My goodness, come on! My goodness, and uh, this is this is baby Isla Jeremy Guejeda. <laughs> I'm honored. Kevin's in the back, Kevin's dad, Kevin is now grandpa. This is baby Isla Gray Glejeda. And so we got a lovely little baby girl. So make sure you tweet Lorenzo and Alita, Instagram them right now, say your baby girl's beautiful. And they are home resting well. And so I got to hold her on um, Thursday and uh, man, I just love it. So give it up for them one more time, come on. I love it. Welcome to the family, y'all. And so we're in a new series called Life Coach. Life coach, life coach. And uh, I believe Jesus changed my life and he could change your life. Ask me how. Hit me in the DMs. Come on, somebody. Right? I believe that Jesus can change your life. He can save you, redeem you all for free. Come on, somebody. Can I get an amen? Amen. This is our series, Life Coach. And uh, I love this because the Apostle Paul He's our life coach as we go through the book of Ephesians. And I love Ephesians chapter 2, so I want to get going as quick as I can. A lot of content in Ephesians chapter 2. And so if you're watching your Bibles, get your iPhones out, get your Androids out, uh, and, and get the version app out, get your Bibles. If you don't have Bibles, we got free Bibles for you on the side. Let's get our pen and pencils out because I'm going to take a different take on Ephesians chapter 2. And I love this. So Ephesians chapter 2, I'm going to be reading on the DESV version. And it says, and you were dead. Everyone say dead. dead. All right. We were dead in trespasses and sins, all right? If you're brand new in church today, you say, Man, Pastor, I've only been here 30 minutes, and you're saying the S word. Why well, you gotta say sin? Turn to your neighbor and say, sin. Sin, we were dead in trespasses and sin in which you once walked. I want you to catch these words he's using. You once walked following the course of this world. How many know the world will lead us astray? The world will mess you up. And he continues on to say, following the prince of the power of the air. And there's so much here. There's a belief that here's heaven and here's where the angels war and we find this in the book of Daniel. And this is talking about the devil. The devil. And so he's talking about the influence of demonic spirits. The spirit that is now in work in the sons of disobedience among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. We were all destined for wrath like everybody else, but God. How many know he's a life coach, isn't he? He's like, but God. Come on, somebody. And so Paul goes, but God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love which he loved us, if even when we were dead in our trespasses, Jesus, say Jesus, Jesus made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. By grace, how many know that's one of the greatest lines in the Bible, by God's grace we have been saved through faith, not by ourselves, by what Jesus did on the cross. Give God a shout this morning. Come on. Let me pray. Father, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for Ephesians. Thank you for your word. Father, I thank you. Your word is living. It's active. It's powerful. So, Father, I thank you that your word transforms and changes. Father, I thank you that your word is going to do a mighty uh, miracle in this building today. I thank you that there's individuals and people and families that are here today, not by accidents, but, God, you have a word specifically for them. So, Holy Spirit, have your way in this service. Do what only you can do. And, Holy Spirit, I pray, make it not so windy in Vegas. Peace be still. In Jesus' name, everybody said... Amen. Now, just a, um, a few, uh, a few uh, see, the devil heard the prince and the spirit of darkness, I'll tell you what. And so, uh, just a few weeks ago, production team, you can go ahead and come up here and uh, touch stuff, which is fine. Hey, it's back. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody. You see that? at The spirit of wiggle. Now, we've, uh, what, two or three years ago, um, we've, we've always partnered with Feed One. So, if you're brand new with us today and you fill out a Connect card, we're going to get $5 on your behalf to feed one. And feed one for $10 a month feeds a child for 30 days. And so they're in Africa, uh, South America, uh, uh, El Salvador, Honduras, Colombia. And, uh, and so we're, we're feeding as many kids as we can. And so we've always known about feed one, but they invited me two or three years out to El Salvador. And so, I, it's uh, um, one of my first times in the, out of the country, and so I go to the long play ride, go to Miami, all that, and then my connecting flight, I get to El Salvador, we get in our, our shuttle, and uh, man, we're excited to meet these kids that we've been sponsoring and feeding, and we actually fed them lunch the next day, but when we got to our, our hotel, they gave us keys, and I just met another pastor, and he was my roommate, and, uh, and so... I met him, we got our keys, got my room number, went and got a quick snack, got in the elevator with my suitcase, got up to the uh, to the floor where my room was, walked down to find my door, and I uh, popped the key in, and, and you know, and, and how many know, it never works the first time, right? In the hotel, you're like, come on, no, no, is this the, am I in the wrong door, am I in the wrong door, you know, someone gonna get me, and so finally, uh, you know, I get the key in, the door opens, and I come in with the suitcase, and it's night time, it's dark, been traveling all day, and so I get my suitcase, and I'm looking for the light switch and the, the light switch isn't working and there's this contraption how many been uh, out of the country right and so i'm trying to hit this thing and so the door shuts and now i'm in the pitch dark i mean, the pitch dark, and so I'm, I'm trying to find the light switch and go, why isn't this thing working, and it's super dark? So how many knows what you do when it's dark out, right? You get your phone light out, and so you're trying to, I don't know, Droid users, you guys got that? And so you get the, get the flashlight out. You're like, yeah, we do. <laughs> it's like strobing LEDs, you know. And so I, I try to get the light out, and all of a sudden, I didn't know my roommate, the pastor, he had to go to, to use the bathroom, like really bad, so he was already in the room, but he couldn't figure out how to turn the lights on either. And so I'm in the darkness, and all of a sudden I hear him, Is that you? Who's there? <laughs> I'm going, It's me! How do we turn the lights on? He goes, I don't know! And finally there's a what looks like a key holder on the wall, and finally I go up to the wall, and I'm going, Like, What is this open? And I put my hotel key in there, the same one I used to open the door. I put my hotel key in there, and when I did that, the lights turned on. So my hotel key, I don't know why, and then when you take it out, the lights come off. So you literally have to, like, open the door and take your key and run out, you know? I tell you that story because I was in the dark for a little too long. I was in the dark for much longer than I wanted to be. Now, in the dark, I was fumbling around. And can I just tell you, church, if, if we're in the dark, we're really just dead. We're really just dead. And when we're dead, we're really just in the dark. So many times we go through life and we're trying to find our way through things. We're just trying to figure out, what do I really believe? Or, 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 or what, what should I really do? Or you know what? I, I don't have vision for my life because I'm in the dark. But I want you to know that when I put this word up here, I want you to know we're all dead. We once were all dead dead. Now, if you're brand new to church, I'm going to help you out for just a second. Uh, sometimes when you walk in, you're like, do they Do they know I'm, I'm brand new? Or sometimes when we walk in, we go, are, are, are these people just perfect? Right? Because y'all look good today, right? Like, is everybody perfect and I'm not perfect? Or or, or, or sometimes, I get this sometimes, uh, when I would say, before I became a Christ father, I walk into a building and I'd be like, does the pastor, did Jesus tell the pastor what I did? You know, and you're like, oh my goodness, you know, and, and just all these things, and you sit down, and you're going, am I the only one that's dead, and everyone else is alive? Can I tell you, I found a picture of somebody here at Avenue Church, uh, I think we did it last week, we found them, and we took their picture, and we said, they look like they're alive, but they're really dead. You want to see the picture? This is what, it, oh, this is what, here we go, here we go, break them through, see that on the sides? This is what it really looks like in church. How are you doing today? God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Because even in this, uh, this, this, this society we're in, the culture we're in, I man, we're trying to find fulfillment in everything else but the one who can give us life. And sometimes we say, I'm smiling, but I'm dead on the inside. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, For all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. So I want you to know, we're all dead. We're all dead. We're all dead. We all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now you might be using. See, look at me. I'm so glad I got glasses. On. I can see over there. Here's why. The reason why we are dead in Genesis chapter two. Genesis chapter one. God created the heavens and the earth. He created land and he created the oceans. He created this and that. And finally, he created Adam and he created Eve. In Genesis chapter two, verse sixteen, uh, Jude, uh, verse fifteen. The Lord God took man, and he put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. Now somebody in the production team, you can go ahead and come over here and fiddle with things for me, for the production team, right? And the Lord commanded to the man saying, you may surely eat of every tree in the garden. You can eat of every tree of the garden, but he says, but the tree, did you do this? Thank you, man. But the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat from the day you eat of it. So he's saying there's a tree that you'll know good and you'll know evil. That's not for us. You'll know good, and you'll know evil. Don't eat of it, for in that day, if you eat it, you will surely die. Now, I remember years ago, someone called me. and This is over uh, 18 years ago. Someone called me and said, what does that mean in the Bible? And I was like, uh, uh, let me get back to you on that. I began to realize, when, when God told Adam and Eve, if you eat of that, you're going to die how many know when they took the fruit which I believe is tomato because tomatoes are disgusting (laughs) come on but he said when you die when she ate of it and Adam ate of it they didn't instantly die but what happened was they had a different kind of death they realized they were naked and ashamed they hid so there's two types of death according to the Bible two types of death according to the Bible the first one is the physical death it's a physical death Physical death means, you know what, God intended for Adam and Eve to dwell in the garden. God intended for Adam and Eve, for it to be literally what we're going to see later on when Jesus comes back, God wanted it to be the heavens and the earth existing together. Heavens and the earth. So he wanted Adam and Eve just to dwell and to live, to be fruitful and to multiply, but he didn't want them to die. But here's the second kind of death that you see, it's the spiritual death. And this one's more important because, yes, Jesus came so that death no longer has its sting. Now, 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 when we die here on this earth, our bodies decay, all those things. But when we die, we go into a place called heaven with eternity with Jesus Christ where your pastor will be able to dunk, come off somebody. But there's a spiritual death. He says when you eat of it, you'll spiritually die, meaning you're going to be living in darkness. That was good, huh? Be living in a darkness with no signal. So you might be asking this question today: what does it mean to be dead? What does it mean to be dead? So, Pastor Jeremy, I get it. I, I, I know you're talking about like life, and I know you're talking about death, but what does it mean to be deaf? this is gonna happen. This is I do this at home sometimes. I just kind of jiggle stuff. Right? See? Thank you. I went to college too. But you might be saying, what does it mean to be dead? So if I take dead in in the original Greek and I break it down, dead means lifeless. Dead means useless, futile, vain. Ineffective like this TV today. Powerless. Unable to respond. For some of you, you go, what does it mean to be dead, Pastor Jeremy? It means you wake up every single day, you feel useless. You wake up every single day and you say, I don't know if I have purpose for my life. I don't know what God has called for my life. Or you feel futile or vain. You feel ineffective. You feel powerless. You feel like you're stuck in a vicious cycle and you don't know how to get out of it. How do I know if I'm dead? You know. If you're dead. You feel like I'm unable to Respond And pauls he knows this. And he says, you were dead in our sins and our trespasses in which you once walked. He goes, but Paul says, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh. We carried out the desires of our body and our mind. And by nature, we we're the children of wrath like all of mankind. So here's Paul's definition. I took the Greek and, and, and you know what? This is what it feels like to be dead. I got no purpose, no hope, no joy. I'm living in darkness. You know, I I don't know what God has planned for my life. I don't know what to do. I have no compass, no, 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 no vision for my life. But Paul gives you two or three ways that we are now dead. Number one, we live by our fleshly passions. How do I know I'm dead? When you live by your passions, by your emotions, by your feelings. But also we know that we're dead by carrying on our own desires. Can I just say, being a Christ follower, I'm so glad I have direction in my life because it's found in God's Word. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Right? And this is all of us, all right? If you feel like hypocritical by saying amen, you got to say amen by faith today. So say Amen. So we live out our pastly, our fleshly passions and we carry out our own desires. A great way is, you know what, Pat? Have you ever been in a, a situation where you did something because it felt good but the next day you said that wasn't good? I gotta say that one more time. That was too good. Come on, I'm, no notes up here. I'm just rocking it, right? Have you ever done something, this is me too, all right? This can be any scenario, all right? Like cake. Maybe <laughs> have you ever done something that felt good, so you did it because it felt right, but the next day you said, ooh, that wasn't right. And that's when the enemy comes in. and says condemnation, guilt, shame, how dare you? You shouldn't have. But did you know he was the one behind the scenes going, do it because it feels good. So live by our fleshy passions you're carrying out our own desires. You might be in here saying, pastor, I don't do those things. What's interesting, Paul gives you a third one and the third one is disobedience disobedience. Right now, I have a nine-year-old. Pray for me. I have a nine-year-old, and he's learning that the late obedience, come on, parents in the house, the late obedience is disobedience, right? So, hey, hey, don't touch that. He touches it. I, I, I told you not to touch that. Well, I was going to not touch it. I will end your life. My goodness, But so many times, we're disobedient because you know what? I'm going to do my things my way. I'm disobedient because I'm tired of waiting on God. And because I'm tired of waiting on God, I'm going to do things my own way. So you might be saying, Pastor Jeremy, can you go to the next slide? I know the Renzel's gone. How do I avoid death? How do I avoid death? Death. <laughs> Give it up for a production team. You guys really are doing a great job. I love that. And so, how do I avoid death? This is how I avoid death. Trust God, not myself. And this is something I deal with on a daily basis. How do I make sure I'm not dead again? I got to trust God. How do I make sure I'm not giving in to my passions and desires? Sometimes you're like, okay, and, and please kind of get out of the context of like saved and unsaved. We all deal with passions and desires. Now, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. We all deal with trusting God, not myself. This is what the Bible says. See, I got, see, they just upgraded my touchscreen. Come on, somebody. It says, trust, trust the Lord with all your heart, trust God with all your heart. Lean not. I love this. Lean not. Do not lean on your own. under. I just went New King James on you for a second there. Who's the people in the house at? Right? Do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways. In all your decisions. In all your actions. Acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. He will make straight your path. And I love this. Verse 7. Be not Oh, that was good. Be not wise in your own eyes. This is where I get in trouble when I say, I know better than you. That's when I give in to my passions and desires of the flesh. And turn away from evil, for it'll be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Here's what's interesting: if we trust God. He will make our path straight. If we trust God, He'll show us where to go. But I thought this was interesting. If we fear, go back, if we fear the Lord, if we fear Him, and it's not, ah, God, you're scary, but it's, God, I respect you. God, have a healthy respect for the Lord. If we respect the Lord, He will bring healing and refreshment to our bones. It's like Ezekiel. How will these bones live? Only you know. Only you know. So the way I trust God is by believing in his word and by applying it. And can I tell you, most mornings I don't feel like this. Most mornings I'm like, I read it and go, you have had some conversations with God in literally the past year, even this past uh, month, saying, God, I'm believing, I'm believing, but I'm not gonna quit, I feel like quitting, but I'm still going to believe on that prayer, on that dream, I'm going to still believe, and I'm still going to apply it. I'm still going to believe, I'm still going to apply it. Can I just tell you, we're in this for the long game, that the more you apply it, the more you begin to see it in your life. The more you apply it, the more you begin to see it in your life. I am so grateful that Pastor Lindsay and I, when we first met, we applied God's word to our marriage, and now we've been married for 13 years. I love that. I love that we have a nine-year-old, right? And all parents, Lorenzo Delita this week going, oh, Jesus, what in Jesus, what do we do, you know? And I'm so glad having a nine-year-old that he is now, when he is put in moments at school or with friends that don't know Christ, he is, he is shining the light of God through his life. He is preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, he's, he's a little bit of a Pharisee, but he's preaching the gospel, I promise you, if you believe it and apply it, it'll come to pass. And here's what I'm saying, I'm not saying, shot to grab it, and get it! No, what I'm saying is, when God, when you believe it and you apply it when, it, when it happens, your faith will grow. And you go, this stuff really works. This stuff really works. I love, uh, you know, there's a gentleman at our church, he walked in, um, you know, Uh, Didn't didn't know church, hated church, didn't want to come. His wife brought him and dragged him here. He's got tattoos. got a little salt and pepper hair. Come on, somebody. He's one of my best friends. When he gave his life to Jesus, he began to grab the Bible and go, Look, it's right here. It's right here here. I was like, what are you talking about? Everything. It is right here. I'm going, what, what, what do you mean? Like, like how to live, bro, and how to talk, bro. You know, what do I do when I'm angry, bro? And I love it that a new Christ follower believes it and applying it and seeing it come to pass. So I got to hurry up. Come on, church. Make some noise today. Ephesians chapter 2. and Paul says, but God. Mm, come on, somebody. That's a series right there. But God being rich in mercy because of great love. He loved us. It says, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive. Notice it didn't say make. He made us alive together in Christ. And by grace, you have been saved. It didn't say by grace you will be or are. It says have been saved. Save. I love this because right now it's past tense. It's past tense. Converse God's people today. It's past tense. Pa- Paul says Jesus died for you and he saved you. You are saved. It is now a gift that you could just receive. But we've got to receive the gift. But I love that it's past tense. Go back. Oh, oh, oh. oh that was a good point right there. Mm, I was about to preach that in just a second. But past tense, you know, I've been married uh, for 13 years, before teen, um, this fall, and uh, uh, somebody once asked us, like, when you're, when you're, you're 15 or 20, are you renew your vows? And I said, uh, I mean, y'all, you know, I'm always snarky, all right? And they said, are you gonna renew your vows? I said, I'm pretty sure my vows still work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're intact. Now, if you wanna do a ceremony, sure, let's do that. Let's do something fun in Hawaii, in Jesus' name. Or Europe, you know. But, you know, one day Levi goes up to me. He's like, you know, I, I and he my hug my wife. He's like, yo, give me a hug, you know, like me. And so he goes to, he goes to me. He's a little bit younger than nine. And, and he goes, dad, I love mom. I was like, yeah, dude, come on. I love mom too. He goes, no, no, no. I love mommy more than you love her. I was like, that ain't possible, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like a little competitive. Like, bro, because of our love, you exist. <laughs> Right? And he's like, "What do you mean?" And my, my pastor Lindsay's like, "Stop it, cut it out, you know." I said, "Listen to me. Before you were born, we got married, and before you were born, we got married, so it, so you can exist." How many know? When we got married, I don't need to get married again. You either. Yes, I am the lead pastor here. Yeah. But when we, when, we, when we got married, Levi came, and when Levi came, he got to be a Bosma because of our marriage. Listen to me, church. It took place before you, but it happened for you. When Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago, it happened before you, but he did it for you. That's a good place to say amen. He did it, he took place before you by grace. You were saved. You were made totally brand new. And I love this. Here's the next verse Paul says, and he raised us up with him and seated us. Now, I've always known Ephesians chapter 2, but I love this. He raised us up with him and he seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Something's happening here. There's a change that takes place. There's a positional change that takes place. Not only are we dead, and Jesus picks us up and he puts us into new life. Not only were we in the darkness, but Jesus picks us up and puts us in the light. I don't, I, I'm just feeling my way through things. I can't see nothing, but Jesus picked me up and placed me into new life. I now have vision for my life. I know what to do with my life. I'm asking God to give me a purpose for my life because beforehand he placed something inside of me. A position changed. A position changed. You know, I had a, um, an unfortunate um, speaking, speaking engagement or an event I had to go and pastor at. And uh, this particular event, uh, they needed some security. Uh, security at this uh, particular event. So, okay, yeah, cool, That's, nope, nope, doesn't bother me. And because uh, I'm from East Las Vegas, come on, somebody, it don't bother me. And so I go to the uh, to the event and and uh, I pull up and all of a sudden I see uh, j- just this what we'll, we'll call them a club, all right. We see this club on the outside and uh, they got leather jackets on. Come on, somebody. They got motorcycles, vroom, vroom, you know what I mean? And and so there's this club and, and so I pull up and and uh, you know I, I, I do my thing and uh, the, my friend comes up to me and says, hey, uh, uh, Pastor Jeremy, right? This is my best impersonation of my friend, right? He's like, hey, Pastor Jeremy. He goes, uh, this is my buddy. He's head of the club. And so I'm like, how you doing? Nice to meet you. It's so great. I'm Jeremy. What's your name? And I meet this gentleman. And he, and he goes, he looks at me, and he goes, Pastor, we got your back. I was like, oh, for real? You know what I mean? Like, I don't worry, I play it cool. Like, you bet. You got it. You want to ride together on a motorcycle? You know have it? Mean? Like, I said, what? He goes, Pastor, we got your back. I was like, what are you doing Sunday? I need you on Sunday. Come on, somebody. I need security in this building. Come on, somebody. I need you to hear the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. But how many know if you mess with your pastor, I got some friends that will lay hands on you and pray for you in Jesus' name. they might have to resurrect you. But listen to me, church. At that moment, my position changed because of relationships. My position changed because of relationship. I didn't have to get into the club. I was accepted into the club. And because of Jesus' relationship, my position changed. Because Jesus loved us, he positioned us. He picked us out of darkness and into the light. I love Romans chapter 5, verse 2. It says, through Jesus we also have obtained access. We've obtained access. Access by faith into his grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. I love this. You know because of what Christ did 2,000 years ago, you have access. You have access. Say, be Lord of my life. I'm of my sins. I want to accept by your access, by the position you have now given me because of relationship, salvation, new life, new life. And I love in verse 8, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When Jesus hung on that cross, and he breathed his last breath, and he said, it is finished. He thought of you. He thought of me. And while we were still in the dark, he died for us. I want you to know salvation is more than a ticket to heaven. It is access to Jesus. And I got to promise you, this is great. And I want this for every single person. This is what we do at Avenue Church. We go after the one. That is why come back Sunday. It's a plus one Sunday. We're asking people to come here. And it's not going to be a weird Sunday. It's going to be a great day for someone to experience the resurrection power of Jesus Christ in their life. Salvation is more than a ticket to heaven, but it's access to Jesus. To Jesus has changed your position. For many of us, we ask this question. Now that I'm alive what do I do? So, I know what debt means, and I know that because of Christ I'm now alive, but what do I do now that I'm alive? And I love what Paul says. Paul says, for by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, not by your works, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, not trying to, I'm doing things so I can be saved, I'm doing stuff just so I can make it into heaven, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna get saved by my works, and Paul's saying, no, 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 it's not by your works, so that you may brag or boast or find a loophole, or say it's just a bunch of rules so I can break them. Paul's saying this, he says this, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus, and I love this, and he says for good works, out, Paul said, guys, listen to me. We were dead. We were in the dark. We had no idea what we were doing. But while we were still sinners, while we were still in the dark, Christ died for us so we can, he could can reposition us to go from death into the eternal life That not only we'll go into heaven, but we can bring heaven to earth. So we can be a witness to those. But it's not by your works. It's by God's works. But then Paul says, Jesus created us for good works. Paul, you're getting a little, like, ADD on me, all right? You're not making any sense for me. For good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we shall walk in them. So if I'm no longer dead, I'm alive in Christ, i raised my hand at the end of service, man, I'm getting plugged into Avenue Church, I'm in a small group, what do I do now? Good works. Because there's two types of works. The works Jesus did... Because my relationship with Jesus, his work has now saved me. But when I get saved, now I, I'm, I, I was created for good works so that others can find out about the good works that Jesus did. And when they find out about the good works that Jesus did, they go from death into life. And when they go from death into life, come on, church, right, they begin to discover they were created on purpose and for a purpose. And now we just can't help but to go all into the world, all into the city of Las Vegas so people can know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. That is why we do what? we do so what do i do now that i'm alive i want you to give and i want you to go i want you to give and i want you to go now i try to find something real uh cute or something i could put here on the screen to say man this is this is good but the bible says you were created for good works, so be generous in that Man, give of your time i really believe i'm probably going to re-preach my distracted series because I am convinced the devil, he doesn't have to destroy you if he could just distract you. And if you're too busy or too distracted, you're not going to give anything. And if you're not giving anything, then no one's going to be able to learn about Christ's good works. So they can be saved go from death into life. So we can be repositioned, give up your time, your resources, all those things. But I won't also want you to go. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, the disciples said, what do we do, Jesus? What do we do? Jesus said, go. Therefore, make disciples. There's a couple things that we can do here. Next week, next Saturday, we have a pop-up market happening on April 24th. Next Saturday, 8 a.m., right here at Spring Valley High School. I love this because we have the opportunity to put over, uh, we, we put food in the trunks of over 300 cars in just a few hours. And so that's super simple, super easy. Wave your hand if you served that pop-up market with us before. All right, a couple of hands, couple of hands. Super fun, super easy. I love it. Come on, Linda. Brrr, right? And so I love this pop-up market, April 24. But also you might be saying, what else do I do? Get into growth track. You know what I love about growth track? growth track, you're going to learn a little bit about our church, a little bit about pastors Jeremy and Lindsay, but you're going to learn about God's unique design so that you can find out what your destiny is. Because if God really created you for good works beforehand, there's a purpose for it. There's a reason for it. That you're not an oops, you're not an accident. When God placed you on this earth, he didn't go, ah, I forgot to give Jeremy hearing and gifts. If you're brand new here, I wear hearing aids, I can't hear very well. And glasses, so pray for me. But when God placed you on this earth, he said, before he placed you on this planet, he put purpose in you. He created you for something amazing. God created you so you don't have to survive. God created you to make a difference. God said there's giftings and abilities. Gifts in the original Greek is charis. Charis means a grace gift. So there's a gift in your life that you are, just, you are automatically good at it because God's graced it for your life. And God says don't just use that gift for you. Use it so people can know God. Not religion, not rules, know God so they can find freedom from their yesterday, so we can move forward to our tomorrows, so we can discover their purpose and make a difference. But maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I feel like the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me. Man, I've gone from death into life. Water baptism is one of the best ways on April 25th that we can show the world on the outside what Jesus did on the inside that we say, I was dead in my trespasses and sins. But when I was fully underwater and I came out, my position changed. I am now dead into brand new life. So if you've never been water baptized, sign up on April 25th. Now there's a story in the Bible I just want to say I will be honored. I'll be have a mask and a shield. Our water tank is totally uh, chlorinated, all that. We wipe it down, clean it. I'll be so honored. But in Mark chapter 2, It's one of the perfect stories of this entire, go back up one. We don't need this, right? We don't need this. You all get your Bibles out. We're good. But in Mark chapter two, there's some gentlemen and there's a story of a paralytic man and a paralyzed man, story to be told that he he was at home. And in Mark chapter two, it tells us that Jesus went to a house And in this house, he began to teach and preach. And the house began to just fill up with people. How many know where Jesus is? People just show up. And so this paralyzed guy probably heard the news and said, I can't get there. But you know what this paralyzed guy had? He had a small group. Probably an Avenue Church small group, I think. But it was these four guys that came to his house. And these four guys said, hey, I understand your position. But we could see something that you can't see because of our position. And so they didn't keep it to themselves, but they said, we gotta get you to Jesus. So these four guys probably took uh, uh, you know, one, one guy in each corner, they carried him. He th- they didn't just carry him like across the street, they carried him throughout the city. And when they carried him throughout the city, they got to the house and their expectation was open the door and say, Jesus, pray for this guy, do what you can do. But when they got to the house, it was completely full of people. And here's what I love about those four guys. They didn't quit. They didn't give up. And so many of us, we go, oh, well, nuts. Shoot. But they said, we got to get our friend to Jesus. We got to get him to a higher position. And so what they did is, I don't know if they carried him and carried the bed or, or if they hoisted him up, but the Bible says they went all the way up to the roof of this house. And many of you know the story. What they did is we got through the roof of the house. I'm sure one of them's like, what do we do now? And probably we got a guy that's like your pastor. So let's just tear it through the roof. So they went to tear it through the roof. And back then, obviously, it's a different material than we have today. But for today's sake of the illustration, as Jesus is preaching, man, we got ceiling tiles. We got sheetrock coming down. We got that pink insulation coming down. Everyone's getting a little itchy in the house. But Jesus doesn't stop because Jesus knows. He knows what's taking place. And so they lowered this paralyzed guy into the middle of the room where Jesus is. And I love this. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof and they let him down. And here's what the next slide says. And when Jesus saw their faith, listen to me. It didn't say when Jesus saw the paralyzed guy's faith. Because to me, I would take a lot of faith to be like, sure, take me down. Yeah, yeah, this is great. I trust you. I know what you did last week. You crazy. And what he did is when he lowered him down, he said, Jesus saw his buddy's faith. And this is what Jesus said. Son, your sins are forgiven. This drives me crazy. Because I'm hard of hearing. I love that Jesus healed me or, or saved me. But he needs to heal me. But when he lowered him down, Jesus saw their faith, and he said to the paralyzed guy, your sins are forgiven. You know why Jesus said that? Because he's more concerned about your spiritual healing than your physical healing. He'll heal you. He'll do that. But he wants to save you. He wants to heal your soul. And I love what the other some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts. Why does this Jesus speak like that? He has blasphemy. He has lying. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in the spirit that they question within themselves, he said, why do you question these things in your heart? Why does it matter? Because what is easier to say to the paralyzed man? Your sins are forgiven? Or say, rise, take up your bed, and walk. And I love this. "For, For that you may know that the Son of Man has authority Why does he have authority? Because he has position. Why does he have position? Because what he did on the cross. Come on, church. I want you to make some noise today. Because if there's authority on earth to forgive sins that he says to the paralytic, I say to you, rise. Change your position. I want you to get up. Pick up your bed. And I want you to go home, church. And this is what he says. And he rose immediately, he picked up his bed, he went up before them, so that they were all amazed and they glorified. God, why am I put here on this planet? Because when you love God and you love people, others will be amazed and they'll glorify God, saying, "We never saw anything like this." Next slide: Jesus saved him, then he healed them. He's more concerned about your spiritual soul than he is of your body. Because he, he said, "What's easier to forgive him or heal him?" The reason why it's easier to forgive him. Is what I'm about to do on the cross. While he was still a sinner, I died. I want to challenge you today. I'm going to put a statement up, but I want this to be a statement that we hold on to as a church. To reach people no one is reaching, we'll do things no one's doing. Let's make a difference. I want to be like the four guys. We just did a whole series called Stories. Every decision writes our story. What would their story be like if they said, we tried, or even back at the house, you're just going to have to stay here. You're paralyzed. What if we were a church that we're going to reach people no one's reaching because we're doing things no one is doing? With every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to pray with you today. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. My goodness, thank you for your word. Father, I'm so grateful that we're saved by your grace, through faith, through trust. That's not by what we've done, but what you did on that cross. That it happened before me, but God, you did it for me. So Father, I just pray, challenge us today through the power of your Holy Spirit. Challenge us today to love those that are close to us but far from God. Our co workers, our family members, our friends. Help us to love strangers, people that we pass by. Father, help us to do whatever we can do to reach people for Jesus Christ. Whatever head, bowed and eye closed, maybe you're here today. And maybe you feel like that paralyzed guy, the paralytic. He was stuck, he was unfulfilled. He felt useless. He felt like he was dead or in the dark because there was no movement. If you're here today and you've seen, Pastor, I came here today because I feel like I have no joy in my life. I have no purpose, no hope. Something's going on in this church, in this service. I just feel the love of God. I feel joy again. I feel purpose welling up on the inside of me. I don't know quite exactly what it is but I'm convinced that Jesus has a plan for my life. But every head bowed eye closed, if that's you today. Man, I'd be so honored to just a prayer prayer with you. And if that is you, do you just I won't embarrass you, I'm not gonna single you out. Everyone's eyes are closed. But if that is you, don't you to just put a hand up, put it right back down. And say, that's me, Pastor. Yes, put it right back down. Anyone else? Anyone else? Yes. Right back down. Up and right back down. Yes. Just put it up, right back down. I'm so proud of you, church. There's a couple of hands. Yes. Anyone else? Up? Yes. Anyone else? Just up, right back down. That's a lot of hands. Yes. Just put it up, put it right back down. Come on. Can we give God a clap today? Man, church, will you stand with me, please? Let's all pray this prayer together. Man, I'm so honored that you're here today. But how many know we don't do anything alone an Avenue. That's including praying a prayer that's going to take someone from death into life. It is not bad into good, but it is from the darkness into the light. So every head bowed, every eye closed, say, Dear Jesus... Say, thank you for dying for me. Say, thank you for paying for what I did. Say, today I repent of my sins. Say, be Lord of my life. Say, the best way know how, I'm going to live for you. Say, I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God.